What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! Let's hit the waiver wire. Let's go! Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Team. All right, everybody. Welcome to the show. It is Tuesday. It's October already. Happy Halloween, everybody. And by now... You should be coming down from that emotional roller coaster, that high of Monday night football. We were just, it was gripping. But we're here to talk about the waiver wire and look ahead to, to week five on this Tuesday, October 1st. Dave and Jamie, how's the waiver wire looking this week? Good. Looks good every week. Uh, I'm going to say it doesn't look great. Looks okay. Mm. Looks good every week. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Jamie, you really, you're like, you really buying that? That might be the theme for this week's waiver wire. I think so. Am I, am I buying that the waiver wire looks good? Yeah, yeah. You I'm like buying it. that we're a content business and we have to sell content. So yes, the waiver wire looks great. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm good with that. I think the waiver wire is going to be pretty good if there are a few players who are owned in more than 65% of leagues that kind of make it to your waiver wire, like Cortland Sutton, Marquez Valdez, Scantling. Uh, I think the DSTs are pretty good this week. But uh, is, this a, is this a break the bank week? fellas like is there a guy no, that you no, yeah. no 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 okay what's the most amount of fab you might spend on someone and who would it be i mean it it, it it's hard to say because there's some needs clearly but i would say ronald jones is probably of the guys who are available maybe jordan howard if you if you have a need for a running back this week um 15 20 tops yeah, i was gonna say 12 percent, but it depends how desperate you are for a running back at this point and, and then i think you know I think let's talk long term, right? Because I think sometimes with waiver wire we focus a little bit on week to week. Is there a guy out there that you think is a a, a must start or a probably start kind of guy for you rest of season? I, I think the conversation probably starts with Ronald Jones. It's my guess, but yeah, long term, who's the best and and how good is that player? I mean, the guy I've been saying for weeks is maybe Chris Herndon. You know, just based on the position that he plays and, you know, what I think his role will be in the offense. But, you know, you still got to wait two weeks to use him. And he is, uh, it's not a guarantee, you know. So there, there's no, like, okay, you're adding this guy and he's going to all of a sudden, you know, change your fantasy fortunes. But it's a, a position that we know there's not a ton of talent. And uh, I like what I saw from last year. I like, I think, the way that Adam Gase will use him. You know, and, and all the things that he said about him before suspension. So had he not been suspended, he would have been drafted as a starter. I think he has the opportunity to be a starter uh, for your fantasy team, for your fantasy league. So if you're just looking at, a, oh, I don't need to get anybody this week, but I want to get somebody this week, and I have an open roster spot that I've been playing with, like that's an easy 
move to make. If I'm the George Kittle owner and I picked up somebody that I just played for one week and Herndon's still sitting there, I would drop that player for Herndon if I couldn't get my hands on some of the guys you said, you know, Ronald Jones, Cortland Sutton, those type of players. Quick follow-up then. Would you drop Will Disley for Chris Herndon? No, because no. I think they're kind of the same type of guy, and, and I think both will be usable, serviceable fantasy options for the majority of the season. We're, we're seeing it from Disley. Like, it's three straight weeks now of some pretty good involvement. We haven't seen Boo from Herndon because he's been suspended. Uh, Dave, how about you? Is anyone in long-term? Like, talk to me about Ronald Jones and Jordan Howard and why they shouldn't be major priorities, big fab guys, long-term solutions at running back. Well, Howard, the easy answer is because we still think that Miles Sanders has a pretty significant role coming in that offense. And listen, he's got a pretty big role right now. It's just that Jordan Howard was the hot hand on Thursday, and he scored three touchdowns. So I, I would imagine there will be an overreaction to that and that there will be people in leagues who overspend for Howard and then cut him three, four weeks from now. Whereas Jones, I, I think at this point we can feel comfortable with where he is in the Tampa Bay offense. He's getting more work than Peyton Barber. He certainly looks better than Peyton Barber. I think Ronald Jones has a fighting chance here to be the back for Tampa Bay for the rest of the season. Right, yeah. I mean, I hate his matchup this week. The Saints, I gave the stat yesterday on the Monday show. If you missed it, the Saints, they have Sheldon Rankins back, and they held Ezekiel Elliott to two yards per carry. Last year, they led the NFL. They allowed the fewest yards per carry to running back. So that's Ronald Jones' matchups this, this week at the Saints. Then the Panthers, they've been a great defense, but giving up 4.8 yards per carry to running backs, then a bye. I don't know what it's like short-term, but I do feel like you've got an opportunity to get a starting running back. I, I don't think we can say for certain that they're turning it over to Ronald Jones. It looks that way, but you never know. Um, but you've got an opportunity. If he, didn't, if he didn't hurt his ankle in week two and he had the Peyton Barber game, which he could have. He could have, but could we don't had. know. You know, and, and, right. and like Barber got the early work. He scored the first touchdown. It's not a certainty, right? No, 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 no. There, there's no certainty. And I, I think that's, you know, to you brought up the point, which is certainly valid of long-term versus short-term. Short-term, I'd rather have Howard. If I'm staring at my waiver wire and I need one guy for this week, I think Howard's in a much better spot against the Jets. So, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think there's any question about that. You know, so I, I would I would take a chance on Howard with the hope that, okay, he scored two straight and, you know, 18 total touches and involvement in the passing game. You know, you're looking at things that, you know, at least for me, I didn't expect this to still be the case for Howard. I thought it's, it'd be closer to a 50-50 split if not Sanders taking the majority of work by this point. So, um, the fact that he's coming off the performance that he had in a matchup that is, you know, very much in his favor with CJ Mosley again, not expected to play. That's uh, that. There's the short-term answer for me is is Howard. Long-term though, it's Jones. Sure. Does it make you feel any better that Jones played 49% of the snaps in Week Four? And I know that's not the percentage of snaps that people are looking for from a a starting fantasy running back, but it's a season high for him, and it's the second most of any Bucks running back in a game this year. Barbara obviously played more snaps than we do when Jones had the ankle. So Heath brought up a good point on on the uh, CBS Sports HQ yesterday that with their defense playing better, they're not going to be in these awful negative game scripts that we saw from them a year ago. So while they may be chasing points to an extent in certain games, it's not going to be like they're down two, three touchdowns by the third quarter. And it's throw, 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 throw. And so... If the defense holds up and they can still lean on Jones, because he's not going to be a factor in the pass game unless they just change the way things have gone through the first four weeks. You know, he, he hasn't had more than one catch in a game. So I think it's, okay, we can still run. We can still give this guy opportunities. 
Hopefully he'll continue to grow as a pass protector and the usage will continue to rise. He's clearly the best running back on their roster. There's no question about that. Will he stay healthy? Will he you know, maintain this level of production? Will the coaches still trust him? That's what you have to ask yourself. But he should absolutely be added across the board. Okay, not to be like kind of snarky here, but they have given up 71 points in their last two games, 72 points but, in their last two games. But but it hasn't been. They, they were up 18 points on the Giants, and that was a great comeback by the Giants, and they were up three touchdowns on the Rams. So from the standpoint of Ronald Jones, it hasn't been, oh, my God, where can't use him. Yeah, yeah, right. They have been in, both, in both those two games, he was very successful because they had a lead. Sure. Now, the, yeah. de- the defense certainly collapsed. The, the defense certainly collapsed at points in those games. But from where the Bucks were a year ago to what our perception was to where it is now, it's entirely different. Mm-hmm. And they have, they have a legitimately good run defense for sure. Uh, and um, you don't have to say it was a great comeback by the Giants. You can just say Daniel Jones. You know, it's synonymous. At this. Just say Daniel Jones. Uh, all right. So those are probably— Three and two after this week? I don't think so. I think the Vikings <laughs> are, are much better, but they— the Vikings feel a little vulnerable right now. Uh, I would say that. Um, so yeah, Jordan Howard, Ronald Jones. I the la- I just want to talk talk about Cortland Sutton. Uh, I I wonder, guys. Like it's weird that there are two Broncos receivers that are pretty good right now. Uh, you just don't expect that from a Joe Flacco offense, especially an offense that wants to run the ball. But again, Cortland Sutton, if, if he's available, I think he's like seventy five percent on something like that. Seventy. 70. That's not enough. And is he someone that you would put a ton of fab on or use your number one waiver wire priority on? Yes, absolutely. If you need a receiver long term, yeah. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if if the Broncos start exploring trading some veteran guys. Because now that Chubb's out, they're on four. You know, this team's not going anywhere. And so do they start to maybe shop Von Miller? Certainly oh, wow. shop Chris Harris and potentially shop Emmanuel Sanders. Those are three veterans that aren't in their long-term plans, most likely, Miller, Von Miller being the one exception, but they can get a ton of return for him. So at this point, do they consider maybe overhauling the franchise? It's just speculation, but we were talking about this on our, our various football shows yesterday, and if you're looking at it from Sanders potentially being gone, you know that, that would clearly benefit Sutton, but also maybe Deshaun Hamilton also. The flip side of Sutton is if they make the move to Drew Locke, I don't think that would help Sutton. I think that would hurt him a little bit. I agree. Yeah. I do like the production from Sutton so far. He's gotten at least seven targets per game. He's gotten at least four catches per game. He has one game below 13 PPR points this year. So right. And it was nice against safe the Bears. Floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Good call. I, th- I think Corlin Sutton can certainly be a number three receiver minimum in PPR. All right, a couple things I want to promote real quick. Uh, our iTunes mailbag, we read them on Wednesday and on Saturday. The mailbag show was so fun this week uh, uh, with Rich Rebar and uh, with, obviously, Ben and with all your questions. So keep leaving us great reviews and ask us your questions. We'll get to as many as we can, and they really make a difference. They really help our show grow, so we appreciate that. And the other thing that is growing is our Facebook group. We're over 10,000 people. Get in there. Get yourself a free T-shirt just by... Submitting an answer to our contest. What is your draft day pet peeve? That's our contest this week. We're giving out a t-shirt every week. Your draft day pet peeve. It's just called Fantasy Football Today. Get in there on Facebook. Uh, It's a lot of fun. All right, time now. It's game time. It's Tully time. The top editions presented by Tullamordu. We'll go position by position here. We'll start with quarterback. Jamie, who are the top three or so quarterbacks we're prioritizing this week? Uh, hold your hold your nose. Uh, <laughs> this is not a good one. Uh, but Andy Dalton, 
I mean, the matchup against the Cardinals is extremely favorable. And throw out what happened last night. It was another primetime meltdown for him, which really wasn't all of his fault. The offensive line was a complete disaster. But the Cardinals have been so forgiving to opposing quarterbacks that I think this is a week you can trust Andy Dalton <laughs> to, uh, to have some success. All right, Andy Dalton. Um, your top three in the list that you gave me are Dalton, <laughs> holds your nose, Kirk Cousins at the Giants, mm-hmm. and Mason Rudolph against Baltimore. Baltimore allows the third most passing yards per game, but only five passing touchdowns so far, and three of those were from yeah, Mahomes. You're right. The last three quarterbacks to face them, all over 340 yards passing. Yeah. But Mahomes is the only one with multiple touchdowns. Yeah. Now, this is this is an interesting short-term versus long-term conversation here because I think short-term, the guys that you're going to reference, those three, are are decent. Dalton may be a little bit long-term. You know, hopefully gets A.J. Green back in the stretch of games where the matchups are are very good. Long-term, though, and it's not very long because uh, Nick Foles is coming back, but Gardner Minshew has been great. I just hate the matchup for him this week. I think it's going to be tough for him against the Panthers for the second straight road game for, for Jacksonville. But he's uh, he's certainly playing very, very well. And I wonder if you're Jacksonville, if he gets them – to a certain point of playing at this level and having success as a team, do they consider holding off on bringing Foles back? I doubt it, but it is something that I would consider if I'm the Jaguar. All right, so Dalton, Cousins, and and uh, Mason Rudolph, and then have to ask if if you see Jacoby Brissett at Kansas City, which we know has been 10 games in a row now, I think kind of disappointing for quarterbacks at in Arrowhead, uh, and um, Jimmy Garoppolo, Monday night against Cleveland, where do they slot in with Dalton Cousins Rudolph? Behind Dalton for me, but ahead of everybody else. They're, those two would be ahead of Dalton for me because I just can't trust Dalton. I like Garoppolo a lot this week, especially if that Browns secondary is still banged up. And uh, I think Brissett can still find a way. It's a close call between him and Dalton. I think I have Brissett ranked higher. Okay, and uh, there we go. That's quarterback. Dave, why don't you kick it off the running back discussion? Well, Ronald Jones would be at the top of my list. I think that he just has the best chance to be a long-term and short-term solution at running back. Jordan Howard would be second. And then Jalen Samuels. I'm buying in a little bit after what I saw. The Steelers did something really smart. They they realized that Mason Rudolph can't win them games on his own. They've got a great offensive line. They've got a good running game. And Jalen Samuels has done work before as a Wildcat player in college. So they leaned on that. It was successful. I don't know how much they can lean on it moving forward, but I, I was thinking about two things all game long. Number one, I was thinking about how the, the Cardinals are going to be able to feast on the, the Bengals' defense similarly with their run game, including Kyle Murray playing the role of Jalen Samuels. And I was also <laughs> thinking about how the Ravens let up a ton of rushing yards to Nick Chubb, and they're going to play Pittsburgh next week. So that matchup maybe isn't so bad for the Steelers. It depends if Brandon doing. Williams is there or not. Maybe that depends, but that I think no, that was the big difference in their run defense all apart. That's true, uh, and that did help the Browns' offensive line play better. I think the Steelers' offensive line can handle Brandon Williams playing, and uh, I, I kind of like Jalen Samuels PPR. I think he can make the cut as a low end number two running back this week. Yeah, even threw three passes yesterday. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm throwing a count on that, but I mean they're like little. He might throw yeah. one. Yeah, he, they, he count. He had three. Uh, we're not, uh, Technically, three pass attempts, yes. We're not starting him. Oh, he's a quarterback, too. It's fantastic for James Conner if that's going to continue because just all those little little passes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll help. Uh, Two Colts were on the graphic that you saw, uh, Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins. I'm not ready to add them yet. That's if Marlon Mack doesn't play. It sounds like Mack could have played 
if, if the Colts needed him when they were trailing against Oakland. But uh, the way that Frank Reich put it is that the hurry-up offense is Naheem Hines' baby. That's Ooh. his baby. That's how he put it. And when you think about your baby, you know, when you're out with your baby, <laughs> you might think of something different. But Naheem Hines' baby, it's the hurry-up offense in Indianapolis. Oh, yeah. Hmm. I was thinking of, like, my actual baby, my 14-month-old, who uh, is saying— Don't pick him up off with You want to guess what word he's saying all the time now around my house? Is it a curse word? No. Dimes. He's saying, dimes. He's, he's going dimes. He, he's saying meow. Because <laughs> the cat's always meowing. So he's just meow, meow, meow. It's very funny. Well, um, that's, his, that's his sister, right? That, yeah, technically. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, she doesn't like him very much. So Ronald Jones, Jordan <laughs> Howard, Jalen Samuels. Let me throw out another name. I know he was horrible last week, but so was the guy who started ahead of him, Sony Michelle. Rex Burkhead. Should we, should we maybe think... That last week wasn't a bad week for Rex Burkett's fantasy value. You got to think the injury played a role on him getting one touch. And Michelle is just, he's not having a good year. So do you want to pick up Rex Burkett? It's not a bad stash candidate, but I think this is a Sony Michelle go off week. Washington I agree. is so terrible, and they still seem to want to feed him carries in terms of Michelle. There was the report from Mike Reese of ESPN that this was going to be a week that they fed Sony Michelle, which seemed to be a little bit of a surprise because of the loss of James Deblin, and they absolutely did. You know, that's in a game where Tom Brady threw 39 times. So I don't think they're necessarily going away from Michelle. Now, it's the Patriots. We could find out Sunday morning that Damian Harris is active, and he gets a ton of touches, and they keep all four running backs, you know, on the active roster. But at this point, with how much they're still committing to Michelle— and I think wanting to make sure their run game gets going, I, I'd, I'd be surprised if this is a Rex Burkhead game. I, I think it's, you know, whenever he's banged up, it seems to be they just want to make sure he's 100%. I think you can be satisfied if you have Sony on your team. And I think if you picked up Rex, which I did in a bunch of my leagues last week, I'm going to hang on to him. The schedule for the Patriots, it's, it's at Washington this week, then the Giants, then at the Jets, then home against Cleveland, then at Baltimore before they're by. I don't see many tough run defenses in their future. Maybe the Jets a little bit if C.J. Mosley's back. So Sony is the one you'll start in that in that slate. But if he gets hurt, which he's been known to do, Rex suddenly becomes a very intriguing option. So not ready to let go of Rex after one one-touch game. Jets, by the way, are only allowing 3.7 yards per carry to running backs. Keep that in mind for Jordan Howard. But I expect them to give up a lot of points which means goal line touchdowns, uh, which is where Howard's been thriving. Um, I, I think I'd be remiss not to mention the guys who are owned in more than 65% of leagues but less than 80% of leagues because this actually could be a sweet spot here on your waiver wire. Uh, you're talking about Tevin Coleman, who's 78% owned facing Cleveland, Rashad Penny, Frank Gore, Royce Freeman, and Daryl Williams. So actually, when you talk about guys to break the bank on, when you talk about long-term options, maybe some, maybe some of these players fit the bill in Coleman, Penny, Frank Gore, Royce Freeman, and Daryl Williams. Give me the breakdown there, fellas. Well, I'm, I mean, I think with Gore and Coleman, they should be the best running backs on their team. Coleman's a little bit trickier to figure out just because what they're going to do with Raheem Mostert after he's played very well in Coleman's absence. Uh, it sounds like Jeff Olson is going to be the guy that's the odd man out, but you still have Matt Breida there also. Um, Gore is going to lead the Bills in carries, uh, most likely lead them in total touches if he stays healthy. I mean, it just seems to be another situation where the old man won't go away, 
and he's been productive. You know, uh, kudos to him for becoming the fourth member of the 15,000 rushing yard club. It's a it's a pretty exclusive group, and uh, you know he's he's getting the job done right now. So, um, uh, you know, Daryl Williams and Penny are. are Going to be in timeshares at best. Uh, Penny has a clear path to, I think, a full-time role if if Carson gets hurt. Uh, Williams still has to contend with LaShawn McCoy and, and Damian Williams. But I think if you could find Gore and, and find Tevin Coleman, those are guys you could you know, pick up and potentially rely on. I'm not as high on Gore because of Singletary eventually taking over. But I He's agree with He's never going to take Tevin. over, though. That's the thing. Take over, take over? He's Probably take not. take over without Gore getting hurt. Because I think they like him in this... Maybe he gets to to a fifteen touch roll, but I, I mean I think that's the ceiling for him if Gore's healthy. Yeah, I, I I've got Devin Singletary fever, I guess. Or maybe oh, it's, I, I, maybe I it's it the was, Frank Gore it, flu. It, it would be great if that was the case. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's he's clearly the more electric of the two guys, but I mean, Gore has he was he's awesome been good. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he looked been, really good. He was serviceable in each of the other two games, but his fantasy production has been fine. So it, it's hard to overlook what the obvious is. So let's. Let's put all those guys on the waiver wire with Ronald Jones, with Jordan Howard, with Jalen Samuels. Now you're putting Tevin Coleman and Frank Gore and Damian Williams, or sorry, Daryl Williams and uh, Rashad Penny. And I, who am I forgetting from that group? Uh, what, Jordan Howard. Jo- mm, he yeah. said Howard. Yeah, Jalen Samuels, I guess. Uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, who's the best? Coleman? Coleman. I would put Coleman first. Who's I'd the second best? Rojo second. Jones? Yeah, I, I would put Gore second. Okay. I can't do it. All right, we're going to talk about Gore would be fourth. We're going to talk about our top wide receivers. Um, obviously, tight ends, DSTs, kickers, and IDPs. We'll recap Sunday night and Monday night football. We'll tell you about some tough drop decisions and who we're willing to drop after four weeks. What about Philip Dorsett? You know, you spent some money on him last week. Should you hang on to him uh, going forward? What about OJ Howard? Is it time to cut bait with him? That's all coming up right after this quick break on fantasy football today. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Dave, who are the wide receivers we should be prioritizing right now? So I think it really depends on on what you need. If if you can wait a little while on a receiver and you just want to stash somebody, I would put Robbie Anderson at the top of the list. He's available in 42% of CBS Sports Leagues, and his buddy Jameson Crowder is available in slightly more, and that's somebody who could be good in PPR. You've got to wait for Sam Darnold to come back. And then once that happens, I think these two have a chance to be contributors to your fantasy squad, not necessarily every down guys. Golden Tate's also on the list, and we've been talking about him for the past couple of weeks, and especially last week with Wayne Gallman at, at running back. Gallman had a great game against Washington. Shame on me for not giving him even more credit um, in, in that great matchup against Washington. I don't know if he can keep it up, though, and I think this week will be a really big litmus test for Gallman. And Tate has been an alternative to the run game before. I am hoping hoping, not promising, but hoping that the Giants use him in a similar way to how the Lions did. A lot of short area passes, a lot of screen passes, a good PPR type of receiver. Geronimo Allison could end up being the number two receiver for Green Bay. Mohamed Sanu has been a target hog this season. He has more targets than Calvin Ridley, and he's somebody that isn't going to be popular. And then there's a couple other names after that. Corey Davis, Auden Tate, A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel, 
don't know if I'm comfortable starting those guys. I feel more like those are all wide receivers that you could stash in deeper league. I think Michael Gallup is really interesting. He's 65% owned. And I think you saw on Sunday night how much they could really use Michael Gallup when they are not yep. facing some of the worst teams in football. So, again, you know, I'm not... Just hopefully he's back this week. Right, yeah, yeah. No, it's a stash. I mean, it's Green Bay this week, then at the Jets in Philadelphia, then a bye. So the matchup this week isn't great, but after that, it's pretty good. Um, but just thinking long term, I mean, uh, he, the fact that he's 65 percent owned, if he weren't hurt, if he hadn't been hurt, you know, he's probably he's probably close to 90 oh, percent owned. Yeah, no, for sure. And he, he was close to that to begin with, you know, right. and, and I had him after the injury as a drop candidate just because I don't know how many people wanted to carry him, and how long the the uh, the injury was going to linger. So it's uh, it's now I think this will be coming into week three of when he when he first got hurt. So hopefully this is the week that he's back. But. I wouldn't be surprised if it's another week for them. You know, they're they're thinking long term. They don't think want to rush him back. I would put him at the top of the stash list, uh, well, ahead of the Jets receiver. What about like Marquez Valdez Scantling? How excited would you be to add him? Would you pick up Sc- Valdez Scantling or Cortland Sutton? I think that's a matter of need because if Adams is out, I'd much rather have MVS. If Adams is in, I'd rather have Sutton. Okay, and Dr. David Chow was on the show yesterday, and he's pretty skeptical about. Devontae Adams playing this week. Let's go to tight end, Jamie. Oh, put your Tyler Eifert bids in, right? I hope so. You know, it's uh, this is the this is the litmus test. You know, this is the is it the Cardinals defense being so bad against tight ends, which I think it is, or is it just these tight ends have been good because they face good tight ends. I mean, you know, Hawkinson is still a, a prospect, but he's a good prospect, and you know, he had the the big game. Andrews is a good tight end. Uh, Greg Olson's a proven tight end. Disley, I think, is showing to be a good tight end. This one's going to be interesting because Eifert's topped out at five targets per game. He had the five-catch game in week one. He hasn't gone over 27 receiving yards yet. He dropped a touchdown last night, and he's got one score on the season. So I look at it this way. Um, If you need a tight end for this week, the safest may end up actually being Doyle because if Adams plays, then I think you got to be concerned about Jimmy Graham. And Doyle showed us if Hilton's out, season high targets, led the team, tied for the team leading targets, a game where they're chasing points almost certainly against the Chiefs. So he may be the best of the of the group here. Uh, and Herndon is the best one if you don't need anybody for this week because if he does come back and plays at the level I've talked about. But Graham is is certainly going to be um, you know involved if there's no Devonta Adams, especially in the red zone. You know we saw that at the end of the game against the Eagles. You know it was almost he was the only option that Aaron Rodgers was looking at. But just keep in mind, he had three catches in week one, went weeks two and three with a combined two targets and no catches, and then all of a sudden had the you know the best game he's ever had as a member of the Packers in week four. Is that right? Wow, six for 61 and a touchdown on nine targets for Jimmy Graham. So, so Graham, Doyle, and Eifert are going to be the top three priorities for this week with Chris Herndon behind them, and then Dawson Knox. Ben Watson's coming back from suspension. It's, you know, it's tight end. It's ugly. But DST, on the other hand, if you're loaded and you need a DST, maybe make the Eagles your number one priority just overall this week. I, I don't know. I mean, I'd rather have like a Ronald Jones or whatever. But wouldn't be so bad to miss out on those guys and get the Eagles. They are, I just think they're going to kill the Jets with Luke Falk. And I, we're assuming Luke Falk is starting, right? Yes. As of now, it still could be Darnold. But as of now, Luke Falk. Darnold still hasn't been cleared for contact, though. have a hard time believing that he'll be in there. I like the Titans DSD. Yeah. If if Matt Barkley is starting for Buffalo, and the Titans defense has actually been playing pretty well yeah. this year. Yep, I owe them an apology. They they played a lot better than I thought they would in Atlanta. 
Uh, yep. Great job by the Titans. And they are 40% owned. Buffalo allows the fourth most fantasy points to DSTs, and that's with Josh Allen, who he turns the ball over a little bit. So, uh, you know, that's, that's such a downgrade. Yeah, it's, it's a downgrade. So, okay, Philadelphia and Tennessee, and is there, another, is there a third DST you target this week? I actually don't have one. Yeah, um, I'm sorry. I'm Panthers, Panthers. Um, yeah, the Panthers. I mean, you know, again, they've been just so – that pass rush has been amazing, you know, and so – they got after Kyler Murray for eight sacks. I think they got six sacks last week on Deshaun Watson, so 14 sacks in the last two games. And um, I, I just think, you know, Minshew's offensive line is still letting him down. So uh, he, he was incredible against the Broncos, but they came into that game without any sacks, and, and Von Miller and Bradley Chubb started to get going a little bit before Chubb's ACL turn. Cool. All right, so the, the kickers are Joey Sly, Robbie Gold, and Josh Lambeau. Yeah, what does Joey Sly have to do? To, no, he's, to not, he's, he's been good. fantastic. He's had one bad game. Yeah, he's 55% owned. He's he's very good. Uh, the rookie kicker for the Panthers. And Dave, IDP, what do we got? We can start a defensive line, but it's not really pretty what's there. Uh, Mario Addison has been one of the reasons why the Panthers' defense has been playing well lately. He's had two good games in a row. He's available in about 75% of CBS Sports Leagues. Larry Ongojobi has had three of four pretty good games on the year. Good for Defensive lineman, anyway, and he's out there in a ton of leagues. A lot of linebackers. Devondre Campbell in Atlanta got a lot of work last week, and, and with Keanu Neal out, I think he's going to continue to. Benardrick McKinney in Houston. Neville Hewitt with the Jets, especially now that the Jets are coming back off their bye. You can pick him up, and hopefully you don't have to look back from him, although C.J. Mosley could certainly impact him. Clay Matthews with the Rams has been putting up good numbers, so I like him at linebacker as well. Kyle Fuller, still under-owned, available in two-thirds of leagues. He's playing the Raiders. Von Bell, still available in over 70% of CBS leagues. That's the safety for the Saints. I think he can continue to put up numbers. And Kendall Fuller has been targeted a little bit in that Kansas City defense, and it's been leading to some tackles. He can always get some turnovers on top of that, available in over 90% of CBS Sports League. Yeah, and uh, did you say Anthony Walker? I did not. You you bring him up every week. Well, no, I'm bringing him up for the second straight week because he's had two huge weeks in a row filling in for Darius Leonard. If Leonard plays Walker, you don't want him. He had seven tackles. I think he had 10 tackles, seven solo, three assisted, and a sack. Or maybe he had seven total and a sack. But he had a big game for the Colts. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I think... And he's still out there. He's still out there in a lot of leagues, over 80% of leagues. So. Yeah, he's 17% sure. on Anthony Walker. So that's, a, that's an IDP only if Darius Leonard is out again. All right, that's pretty much a, a look at the waiver wire. We got more names coming up for you later on in the show, as you know we do. Uh, news and notes. Mitchell Trubisky dislocated shoulder, slightly torn labrum. Dr. Chow saying yesterday wouldn't be surprised if he's back after the bye. So he's Oakland at Oakland this week and a bye and then New Orleans. Josh Allen in the concussion protocol. Sam Darnold's no lock to play. Um, Sam Darnold at some point this year, weeks 9 through 14, has a stretch of six straight oh my games God, it's amazing. against teams currently in the bottom 10 in fantasy points allowed to quarterback, quarterbacks. is in the best matchups. It's I the, think one of them is, doesn't he have Jacksonville in there too? Jacksonville's right before this stretch. Right, and that could be without Ramsey. Yeah, yeah. And we saw what Joe Flacco just did then without Ramsey. So it's, it's Jacksonville, Miami, Giants, Redskins, Raiders, Bengals, Dolphins, and then Baltimore for what that's worth. Uh, so Darnold, like Darnold's not a bad stash. Kyle Allen... I mean, I guess you're not really like... Just start saying Minshew. He's not a bad Minshew. He's not a bad... <laughs> a Minstash. Kyle Allen's going to start this week. No surprise. Colt McCoy or Case Keenum or Dwayne Haskins. We don't know who's going to start for the Redskins, but they're facing the Patriots. So, you know, 
Running back news, Marlon Mack. Dave already mentioned, wouldn't be surprised to see him play. Looks like Rashad Penny is going to play this week, Thursday night against the Rams. Wide receiver news, Devontae Adams with the turf toe. You know, planned as if he's not going to play. A.J. Green not expected to play either of the next two weeks, according to Adam Schefter. Jarvis Landry, concussion. T.Y. Hilton missed week four, and they could be cautious with their bye coming up next week. Uh, I do think, you know, Odell Beckham punching Marlon Humphrey. I haven't seen anything, but, like, do you think there's a chance he's going to get suspended for a game? Beckham? Uh, No, but Humphrey should. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, the chokehold. Um, and Humphrey's an important player for sure because he shut down Odell Beckham. And Dave, you think yes. he might see? I think he could. I think it would make sense if the Ravens line him up on Smith Schuster. Okay. Adam Thielen said you have to be able to throw the ball. And I forgot to mention on the show that Thielen was wide, like not wide open, but open for a touchdown. He was open. Of, he was oh, there's kind of a, a monster game coming. I I think so too. I just I think I, it's a monster game for Minnesota. They I. Like Are they going to throw more than 15 times, which would be a sarcastic question well, I mean, you, for any you, team other than the Vikings? Yes, uh, understandably so. But this is the classic squeaky wheel game. It, yeah. It's coming for him. It's coming for Hopkins. It's coming for Beckham. It's coming this week. John Ross hurt his shoulder, and uh, that was last night. Christian Kirk has an ankle injury. And by the way, with John Ross hurting his shoulder, don't oh, completely overlook Auden Tate, who has led the team yes. in receiving two straight mm-hmm. weeks. Tight end news, TJ Hawkinson with the concussion, and he's on his bye. And then offensive line, Tyron Smith is week-to-week with an ankle sprain. He's missed nine games over the last three seasons. At least one of those was just sitting in Week 17. And they've, you know, they've had a mixed bag. They've been okay without him. They've had some real struggles without him. They were really bad when they didn't have Smith and Zeke. That won't be the case at this point. Uh, the Bears lost two offensive linemen. Well, Kyle Long didn't play, and his backup, Ted Larson, left with a knee injury. Keep that in mind for Oakland. Uh, and Taylor Lu- for the Oakland game this week. Taylor Luan is back for Tennessee as they face Buffalo. And you know about Vontez Perfect. There are some other defensive injuries, but whatever. They're boring. Saints 12, Cowboys 10. Actually, I'll just go through the defensive injuries. You guys care. You're football fans. Sheldon Rankins is back. Bradley Chubb is out for the season for Denver. And linebacker Josie Jewell for Denver re-aggravated a hamstring injury. The Falcons acquired Jonathan Cyprian. Uh, it's not really huge news. And Rams cornerback Marcus Peters was evaluated for concussion, but he concussion he was cleared. He should play this week. All right, now New Orleans 12, Dallas 10. Takeaways from this game. Jamie, go. The New Orleans run defense is amazing. I mean, it's uh, it it's arguably the best in football. It might be the best. Um, you know, just the way that they were able to, you know, plug holes, push that offensive line around, you know, shut down Ezekiel Elliott. They, I think it's now 27 straight games without allowing a 100-yard rusher. And Whoa. it's uh, it's going to be ugly, I think, for the Bucks run game. Although, based on the Bucks pass game against the Rams, who knows? Um, I, I uh, you know, they're offensively challenged, New Orleans is, so... This will be an interesting test for the Bucks defense, and you know it's you're starting Kamara, you're starting Michael Thomas, but I, I don't think you could take anything away from this game from the Saints side of things. Like they're going to be good; they're just managing wins until Drew Brees gets back. For Tampa, for Dallas, you know I I think it's you you throw this game out. You know two bad turnovers by Jason Witten and Ezekiel Elliott. The Elliott fumble was questionable. Uh, Randall Cobb should have had that touchdown. It was a little bit of an off throw by Dak, and but it still hit him in the hands. Um, you know, that, that would have at least helped Dak Prescott, but this was the first tough test that they had. 
from a defensive standpoint, and they failed. So they need to uh, bounce back against a still good Green Bay defense, but this it's going to be the Zeke game for sure. I agree. Um, the one point I'd like to make, on, and this is why you should really ramp up your Saints players in DFS, and of course you're going to start them. The Bucks played 81 snaps on defense against the Rams. A lot of extra plays. And usually teams that play that much one week, they struggle the next week, especially for Tampa Bay when uh, when they're on the road for the second week in a row. They're going to be on the road five weeks in a row. This is the second of those five. So big game coming for Kamara. Huge game coming for Michael Thomas. And I want to ask you about Michael Thomas, though, because right now he's the number 18 wide receiver in non-PPR and number six in PPR. And it makes sense. He catches basically every target that comes his way. But his last two games, he has... Nine for ninety-five, and I don't remember what it was like. Eight for eighty, right? And you know, I. But I don't know. Do you consider him less than a stud? He's still going to be a must-start, but less than a stud in a non-PPR league. Just they're not going to score as many touchdowns with Teddy Bridgewater. It's that simple. I mean, so far he's one for two in finding the end zone with Teddy. So. Yeah, it was like a one-yard yeah. touchdown catch. I mean, this, it uh, that doesn't count. It counts. It counts, <laughs> but it's like it's still. It's not like. I think it's just a little bit of a struggle. You know, it's the yards per catch probably really low. Uh, it was 10 in this last game. I'm sorry. I'm just looking up. A, five, for fi- five for 54 and a touchdown at Seattle. Nine for 95. So it's 10 yards per catch right now with Bridgewater. Less than that if you include the Rams game. I don't know. It just No, I, I think he still can be very, very good. And it's not like he's going to have Bridgewater for the rest of the year. Breeze is eventually going to come back. Yeah, that'll help kick his numbers up another notch. Okay, pretty. I'm pretty pleased with with what we have so far from Michael Thomas. Yeah, sometimes I just I, I bring things up. He's not. No, he's not delivering first round value. I guess maybe that's what you're going for, Adam. He, he is in PPR. Uh, I'd say. Well, yeah. he's wide receiver. Okay, yeah, he's course, probably delivering second round value. But yeah. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, listen. Uh, you can you can certainly take a nice gamble on him. It's not so much of a gamble, but on your Fanduel in your Fanduel lineup. So Fanduel uh, week three for me was great. I made some money. I gave pretty much all of it back in week four. Wasn't great. Didn't love the slate. Just didn't, wasn't feeling it. One of those weeks where I just wasn't feeling it on FanDuel. But I'm coming back this week. And uh, I'm excited. I, you know, I always I look for, you want at least one, I think, cheap running back that's got a, a lot of opportunity. The stud running back should be great. Ezekiel Elliott should be great this week. Um, hopefully, Alvin Kamara. I know it's a tough matchup. But the stud running backs look good. Dalvin Cook's probably going to be worth paying up for. But... I think David Montgomery is going to be a fun play on FanDuel. He's $5,700. He's pretty discounted. And I think he's got a great game script and a great opportunity against the Raiders without Vontez Perfect. And they also had another linebacker injury. So these are the types of things you want to be looking for on FanDuel. And there are two URLs that you need to know. One, FanDuel.com slash FFT. You go there. You sign up. You deposit 20 bucks. You get $5 in site credit for four weeks. So you put in 20 bucks, you basically get 20 bucks. But you get five bucks a week, and then you can use those $5 to join our contest at fanduel.com slash league slash FFT. So fanduel.com slash FFT to join, get that bonus. Fanduel.com slash league slash FFT to join our contest. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's a lot of strategy. You got to get to test your wits and see how good you are at fantasy football against all these other people from around the world, around the country that are uh, doing the same exact thing. So sign up now, get $20 in a total bonus, make your first deposit of 20 bucks and get started. You'll get an extra $5 in site credit every week for four weeks at FanDuel.com slash FFT or download the FanDuel app. Last night, Pittsburgh gets the 27-3 win over Cincinnati. 
And let's talk about Juju Smith-Schuster. So he gets five, tar- four targets, three catches for 15 yards. He's on pace for about 108 targets right now. Even going into this game, he was on pace for 126 targets. He was over at 160 last year. Uh, sorry, he was on pace for 123 targets. Mason Rudolph has thrown 27 and 28 passes in two games. He throws five yards at a time. <laughs> um, how concerned are you about Juju right now? Concerned. Concerned. But, you know, I, I, I don't think you're benching him yet. And you're not going to get fair value in trade. If you get him cheap, I would try to trade for him cheap. But I would imagine the owner of Juju is probably holding. So it, it's a tough spot for him right now. You know, hopefully Mason Rudolph gets a little bit more opportunities to throw. You know, he has, uh, I, I think, more to offer as a quarterback. Uh, the Steelers, you know, trying to do the right thing just to make sure they get some wins and limit his exposure to bad plays. But, you know, we saw now two games. They were chasing points against the 49ers, and you saw the big play from Juju playing with the lead for the most part against the Bengals, and they didn't really need to throw the ball. He had one downfield attempt for uh, for Rudolph. It was a touchdown to Deontay Johnson. It's it's troubling, and I'm, I'm nervous for sure because he, he's only made – it's been two games with Mason Rudolph. He's made two plays with Mason Rudolph. One was on a flea flicker, and the other one was the catch and run that he had last week. And if if they're going to be a more run-heavy team and they're going to lean on the Wildcat, they're going to take away target opportunities for everybody. Um, even Deontay Johnson, I don't think you can count on him having six catches like he did against the 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 Bengals. Uh, I I would be a little worried about Juju, and I'm wondering... If it, we know that Rudolph's going to be the quarterback the rest of the way, if he's not going to hammer targets to Smith-Schuster the way that we thought Roethlisberger was going to do, maybe you get what you can for him. And you, you could certainly take offers. They're going to be low. The trade chart isn't going to help you out either. He's going to be lower than you'd expect in there too. I, I think you have to view him through the number two receiver lens moving forward. Would you rather have Juju or Josh Gordon rest of season? Gordon. I think I'd rather have Juju, but I think it's it's starting to get close to that point. Let's say we're drafting again today. There are only four players on your draft board. How would you draft these four players? Joe Mixon, A.J. Green, James Conner, Juju Smith-Schuster. Conner, Mixon, Juju Green. Knowing what we know about the offensive lines, it would have to be Conner, Mixon. Yeah, same order. Conner, Mixon, Juju Green. Okay, because I think that's I, a I don't case. know what I don't know what team AJ Green's going to play for when he comes back. You think they're going to trade if, him? If, you know, we talked about Denver blowing things up because they're going nowhere this season. Cincinnati can do the exact same thing, and they can get something for AJ. Green. That would be a bad. So thing. if he comes back, he proves he's healthy, and and then they they move him. No, that would be a good thing for him. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I never know about these midseason acquisitions, but. Uh, well, right. I mean, he'll he'll be lining up opposite Gordon and Edelman and Dorsett. You know, <laughs> Alright, tough tough, uh, drop decisions, pardon me. Tough drop decisions. Um, And then uh, we will say goodbye on video, although if you're watching on youtube.com slash fantasyfootball today, you will still see something. You just won't see us, and you will still hear the rest of the show. Uh, Drop, stash, or drop or hold, basically. Philip Dorsett. Hold. Hold. What if MVS is out there? Would you drop him? No. Maybe. Unless you told me that Devontae Adams is out for multiple weeks. McCole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson. Hold. You could drop Hardman. Big week coming for both those guys. I hope so, but I think you could get away with dropping Hardman. Tyreek's on the way back in either way. Would you drop them for um, 
for uh, Ronald Jones. Yeah. Uh, yes. DK Metcalf. Hold. I'd hold for at least yeah, one more week. I'm getting a little nervous about him. Jerron Brown's yeah. taking some targets now. Will Disley's taking mm-hmm. some targets. They're not going to throw the ball that much, but maybe this week against the Rams. Uh, Tariq, but I'm, I don't think I'm going to start him. Anyway, Tariq Cohen, drop or hold. And let me, wait, before hold you, PPR. B- before you answer, let me just tell you, he played two games with Chase Daniel last year. He had 12 catches for 156 yards in one game, and he had seven catches for 45 yards and a touchdown in the other, and he even threw a touchdown pass in one of those games. I don't know if that means anything, but Tariq Cohen right now, three straight games with only two catches. Uh, I hold in PPR and drop in non PPR. He's droppable. I think he's droppable in both, but you'd prefer PPR to hang on to him. Jared Cook. Good matchup here. Well, if it, yeah, I mean, and he, he's he's so overdue for it, but I don't know how you drop. have the confidence to start him this week, especially with all those other tight ends that we talked about: Graham, Doyle, Eifert. I'm starting those guys ahead of Jared Cook this week, though he's a drop. OJ Howard. I mean, I like, still I, believe in you, OJ. I don't really believe it. I don't know if I believe him, but the question is like, is he really worse than Tyler Eifert, and Jason Witten, and Jack Doyle? I mean, or would you rather just gamble on OJ Howard? If your roster right now is limited in the moves you can make, and he's the tight end that you've been starting, and there's guys on the waiver wire that you think are going to help you, then you drop him and you pick up the other guy. So you would drop OJ Howard for say Tyler Eifert or J- for, for Jimmy Graham? If I need, if I'm, if I'm one and three, yeah, if I'm on four, yeah. What, what good is he helping me right now? No, yeah, just it's not like you're dropping him for a great player necessarily, you know. No, but it's a no. It, it's it's who would you rather start at tight situation? end? You 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 look at it with a very short term view. Yeah, who would you rather start at tight end this week? Jimmy Graham or OJ Howard? Now I don't want to drop OJ Howard. I'm still gonna hold out hope, but. It, it's it's frustrating. Jameis has a monster game, and he just doesn't get any look. Twice, yeah. Uh, and John yeah, Ross. Braid, Braid is the guy. Braid is the one that he's looking for in the red zone. Well, I don't game. have the numbers in front of me, but I would imagine that end zone target, I, I think OJ might have one end zone target this year. All right, last one, guys. Real quick, John Ross. Drop or hold John Ross? We don't know the extent of the injury, but his arm was in a sling after the game. He's droppable. So... I, I think he could be droppable. I might put him in the same same kind of level as O.J. Howard where you don't want to drop him, but you could if you'd rather, you know, if he's your worst player on your team, yes, you can drop him. All right. Thank you, video crew, for getting us up and running. And thank you to all of you for watching on YouTube. Again, you'll still hear the rest of the show. So uh, let's talk about quarterbacks right now. A very inspiring list of quarterbacks this week. Andy Dalton. Kirk Cousins, Mason Rudolph. So do you think Cousins... Like, Cousins has not had a good game yet. He's not scored more than 15 fantasy points yet. He's had mostly tough matchups, but didn't do well against Oakland. So is he even going to be a top 20 guy this week? Yes. Yeah. All right. And uh, Mason Rudolph, 21 fantasy points this week, 17 last week. What do you think about him rest of the season? I think he'll kind Uh, of be in that 18 to 22 point range. On a good week. He's a bi-week replacement quarterback, period. Okay. So who would you start Dalton over this week that, you know, might be kind of Baker. interesting? I don't know if I'm ready to do that. 
might after last night I don't know if I can do that. But I've got him one spot behind Baker. He's been a better fantasy quarterback than Baker all season. I, I know it. I know it. It was just it was ugly last night. And Baker played well last week. It depends on how that offensive line um plays for Mayfield moving forward. I think that was a huge key for him. Yeah, well, uh, Baker did play uh, well. Daniel last Jones week. was a big pickup, and and I thought he'd have some great appeal. I can't start him this week against Minnesota, so uh, I'd go yeah. Dalton over Daniel Jones. You would you go Cousins over Daniel Jones? Yes, easy. All right, so Gardner Minshew, Kyle Allen, Allen uh, with Jacksonville this week might not be bad, and Sam Darnold's a stash. Chase Daniel, if you're desperate, like. Chase Daniel at Oakland might not be that bad. The Oakland allowing the six most fantasy points to quarterbacks. It's Min- based on really two games, though. Mahomes and who? Brissett. Brissett. And Brissett in garbage time. Right. So Minshew, Minshew it is a tough matchup at Carolina. Look, it's not going to be a very big waiver wire week for quarterbacks. You're most likely starting not. your guys. Nope. It's, it's a trading week at quarterback. If you've got two good quarterbacks on your team, whether you drafted them or you added one after the season, this is the week to make a deal. Well, it it's really depends on what your quarterback situation looks like because the two guys who are injured weren't universally started in Allen and Trubisky. You've been managing through, hopefully, the Cam, Breeze, Roethlisberger situation. And the only guy that's significant is on by is Stafford. So while it may not be a lot of guys to add, it may not be a lot of guys to replace either. Okay, and then I'm just going to give you a, a few whatabouts, and you tell me if you're interested. Marcus Mariota against Buffalo. Nope. No. Marcus Mariota rest of season. Nope. Nope. He got he he got lucky. He played Atlanta. Uh, Dwayne Haskins. Although I will say the the touchdown, the second touchdown to AJ Brown, that was a good throw. The shorter the shorter touchdown. Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins, Haskins. No. How about Teddy Bridgewater, Tampa Bay this week? No. I don't actually. I, I don't hate it. I just not going to start him. I'd rather go with most of the other names we said. Matt Barkley. Cousins, well over him. Matt Barkley at Tennessee. No, no, no. Joe Flacco at the Chargers. I like him better than the last few names you said. I do too. Okay. No Melvin Ingram. Secondary is all banged up for the Chargers. And Flacco is coming off a pretty good game. Are you hesitant to drop either Josh Allen or Matthew Stafford feeling like you don't want to give up a potentially very good player? Nope. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Voyage. Running backs. So, yeah, the big names that we've talked about already, Tevin Coleman, Rashad Penny, Frank Gore, Royce Freeman. I don't know. That's the guy I forgot, Royce Freeman, and Daryl Williams. Uh, How do you feel about Royce Freeman since we've talked about the others? He's maybe ahead of Daryl Williams, but that's about it, just in terms of what the long-term scenario is. He's definitely ahead long-term because... Eventually, Damon Williams will come back. Is he? I would think so. Well, that's the thing about Daryl Williams. Like, I'm surprised that we're sort of poo-pooing him. He's 69% owned. He's had he had two touchdowns last week. He had 109 total yards the week before, facing a bad run defense that it's been bad with and without Leonard. Uh, probably. Oh, I think he's very good for this week if Damian Williams is still out. But it's just a matter of like comparing him to these other guys long term. Okay. Okay. But short term, like. If you need a running back, Darrell Williams is not a bad option, right? Agreed. Is that contingent on Damian Williams missing the game? Yeah. I yeah. mean, if Williams comes, Damian Williams comes back, then it's hard to say that they're going to you know, use all three guys. Right. Did you know, and I mentioned this on yesterday's show, but that Damian Williams and Darrell Williams are listed at the same exact height and weight on the Chiefs <laughs> website? <laughs> same guy. Uh, 
Priorities then, Ronald Jones, Jordan Howard, Jalen Samuels. After that, you could be looking at a Colts guy. If you were going to gamble on a Colts guy, would it be Wilkins or Hines? Wilkins. Wilkins. Uh, no, Hines. I, I'm, you know, scoreboard. Like if yep. they start trailing, is that a lot of offense? I, I think we, we've only seen them <laughs> abandon the run once so far this year. So I think they're still going to try and run as much as they can and slow down the Chiefs as much as they can. So Wilkins is the better of the two. And boy, that that Chiefs defense now it's five point eight yards per carry. They're allowing to running. It's bad, yeah. Raheem Mostert, we don't know what his role is going to be. I mean, what a mystery. He's been so good. That's all. And Jamal Williams. No, right. I'm kind of interested in Jamal Williams here. Like we we mentioned that he got hurt, and we should just say it out loud. He got hurt on the first play of the game. He got the touch. They both were in the game, but. Yeah. Like Jamal Williams played and got the touch on the first play of from scrimmage, at least for the Packers. They were both on pace for a hundred percent snapshot. Ito Smith, you know, we've been talking about it for a while, and then yeah, Jimmy he's Jai. still a stashy, a stashy, but a stashy. Oh, okay, Jay Ajayi, people are interested in. Uh, yeah, all right, uh, these are stashes. Like there are so many other guys that you'd rather have who are on a football team. True. So I mentioned Rex Burkhead. We said he's not a bad stash. They, their next two game, like they're just gonna kill everyone, and that's good for running the ball. Sounds scary. CJ Procise, Alexander Madison, Ryquell Armstead. These are three names that I just wanted to ask you about. Any interest in them? Procise, I'm sure he's a no. Madison yeah. and Armstead, though. The other two are definitely worth having on the bench if you've got the running back in front of them. Procise, no way, because Penny's coming back. That'll move CJ to number three on the depth chart. Okay, wide receivers, wide receivers. So, MVS, Cortland Sutton. If he's out there. and Yeah, Cortland Sutton, if he's out there. Curtis Samuels, another guy, Jamie, that you put in the check to see if available list. Yeah. How do you feel about Cortland, uh, Curtis Samuel, rather, 79% owned? I mean, he's behind Sutton and, and Valdez scaling, but, you know, he had one good game with Allen and one bad game with Allen, and I think this could be a, a good game if... There's no Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Gosh, Allen really struggled last week. He's got some fumble issues. Uh, I actually think Curtis Samuel could, should be should have been in the are you dropping him segment. No. And he's, I would hang on. All right. Can't get rid of Curtis Samuel. I, was I, crazy. <laughs> I, I think that people would go and pick him up if you let him go. And I think it's the same thing with the other guys that we talked about, like O.J. Howard. Like if they make it on the waiver wire, people aren't going to you know, turn the cheek. They're going to probably think about adding. Yeah, Samuel has had two good games and, and two bad ones. He had a 32-yard game. He had a 91-yard game. He had 53 yards and a touchdown, and then he had another 32-yard game. Um, okay, okay, we'll, we'll stash him up. Priority list then, Golden Tate, Robbie Anderson, Jamison Crowder. All three of them we'd... And Michael Gallup, the top four, Tate, Anderson, Crowder, and Gallup. And maybe that's why I looked at this waiver wire week and said, eh, I don't think it's so good. Maybe it's because those guys are really more stashes than starts, right? Yep. Yeah, there's no way you'll feel good about starting the Jets guys with Luke Falk under center. And Tate, it's his first game. You, you're not quite sure what to expect. Right, and it's the Vikings. And Michael yeah. Gallup is probably not going to play. So you know what Heath would say right now? Ah. Uh... That was on Sunday night. That was a big one. Let's compare that to the original Heath side. You tell me which one's bigger. 
Ah. Uh, or. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll let Heath decide tomorrow. Uh, other guys, Geronimo Allison. All right, if, if Devontae Adams is out, Geronimo Allison would be a top blank wide receiver this week against Dow- at Dallas. Very good against receivers. 36. Yeah, he would make that cut. But their secondary is really banged up. Is it? I lost, they lost like a backup safety who barely plays. I know that. And who I think else? They have three guys that are hurt. Oh, okay. I thought I think their most important guys are good, but Awuzie, I think. Yeah, is most a important guys up. are are there, but they're still a little bit banged up. What is there? Like, should we just be assuming that MVS is going to be better than Geronimo Allison? No, but the target share is going to be good for both of them. You got to just think about how they're used, though. I don't think you're going to see Geronimo Allison in high leverage plays unless it's near the goal line, and I don't think he's going to be the first choice near the goal line. Valdez Scantling is a deep ball receiver. It's it's the best thing that he can do is just run 40 yards, get under a ball, catch the ball. Yeah, I just I don't know that I like MVS against the Wouzier. I don't know that they'd shadow him. Well, whatever. You got to pick him up. It's an opportunity. Okay, other guys. So, Mohamed Sanu. I just want to let EPR, everybody know. He's he, not terrible. Yeah, he weeks 3 through 6 last year. He had three touchdowns. Sanu had two games with 73 or more yards. He had an 111-yard game. He had 12 or more PPR fantasy points in each game. And then the next eight weeks were pretty bad. So, uh, you know, just throwing that out there. Who are some other guys, Jamie, that you're looking at on waivers? At receiver? Yeah. On Tate, do we talk about him? Not really. I mean, if you have no John Ross, and he's been playing a lot the last couple of games, it's a good opportunity against a bad Cardinal secondary. So he's somebody that you can certainly look at and say, you know, maybe uh, the two Colts guys with Zach Pascal and Chester Rogers. Um, Pick one. Who's your, who's your favorite there? Huh? Who's your favorite there? Pascal. Okay. He's a rascal. Mm-hmm. Little, pa- little Pascal, team name Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Little Pascals. Yeah, he, he lines up all over the place for them, and he plays a lot. So he, uh, You can look at all three. Of the 49ers guys. Who's your favorite? Good one still. And how about a Titans guy? Who's your favorite? AJ Brown. How about a Dolphins guy? Who's your favorite to stash? Uh, Paul Warfield. (laughs) I'll take Mark Duper. Yeah, just go to Duper. You don't have to go that far back. Well, Uh, I mean, I went to the one that's in the Hall of Fame. how uh, How about Paul Richardson again if McLovin's out? No. Nope. No. Oh, there was Not a name. There was a name you you were I think we're missing on this list. And oh, Antonio that, Callaway. Yeah, yeah, him, but not not if, just him. Dee Westbrook Landry's out. Callaway coming back, and Higgins is still banged up. That could be an interesting one against the 49ers. What about Dee Dee, man? Um, eh. What's the percentage? Sixty-four. Eh. Okay. What about Dontrell Inman? He's, He's hurt. hurt. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah, he got hurt. Another injury? Mm-hmm. Jeez. Can you believe it for the Chargers? This team is beat up. Uh, so is there any... No, we're not starting any Redskins against the uh, Patriots. And how about last one? Kiki QT with Kenny Stills injured against Atlanta. No, but I do think it's going to be a Wolf Oregon. Oh. I sure as heck hope so. Yeah, I hope so. Man, we're, he's due. Tight ends. Yeah. Jimmy Graham, Jack Doyle, Tyler Eifert. 
Chris Herndon to stash. Anybody like Dawson Knox? It's two good games in a row, 58 and 67 I like, yards. If Josh Allen plays, yes. If Josh Allen doesn't play, not so much. I, I'm not going to stash him yet, but I'll put him on my scout team. That's about yeah. the biggest commitment I can make. I like the way that he plays. He rides a little bit of shocky. I mean, it should be noted that the Titans, four weeks in a row, giving up production to tight ends. A touchdown, a touchdown, a touchdown, and then what, like 100 and however many yards to Hooper. Hooper. So that's Dawson Knox's matchup this week, and he's 6% owned. Ben Watson, any hope for him joining that Patriots uh, passing offense? I mean, it's so many mouths to feed, but you know, you wonder if they start to switch their personnel grouping and incorporate him a little bit more and go away from some of their three-receiver sets, but I still think that he's worth taking a flyer on in a deeper league. Any interest in Ricky Seals-Jones? You know, I left him off. I, I meant to put him on there. Uh, I'd put him ahead of Gerald Everett, maybe ahead of Watson. You know, I think uh, that's a good move. Yeah, don't 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 fall for Gerald Everett, please. Uh, put him ahead of Knox. No, I'd rather Knox. I, I think that there's a chance for him. He could end up being the number two receiver by default if uh, Landry doesn't play. Yeah, now with Cowley back, I think they like Cowley too much. And I look, think they like skills too. If you're sitting there and you're saying, "Gosh, my tight end is Jared Cook." Am I dropping him? And and you can't get Jimmy Graham. You can't get Jack Doyle. You can't get Tyler Eifert. Like, I, we should mention, Jared Cook has a great matchup this week. And I think he got six targets on Sunday. So do we like him? No. But is he just as likely to have a good game as Ricky Seals-Jones? Maybe. You know what I mean? So he's in that. He's He's now like somebody that would be a streamer in a waiver wire context, I suppose. Is it such a good matchup? Against the Bucs? Mm-hmm. I think it is. I mean, Kittle caught two touchdowns that were called back. Ingram had a huge game. Olsen, right? He had a good game. And then who did they play last week? The Rams? Oh, yeah. Everett. So I mean, yeah, but Jared Goff threw 68 times. Yeah, but two tight ends had like 40 yards against them. And those tight ends never do anything. And Everett scored. So I, I think the Bucs... threw the ball 68 times, though. But the Bucks have been really bad against tight ends. I mean, they really I'm have not, been. I'm not disagreeing with you, but just he threw the ball. But he did. No, you're, you are disagreeing with me, I think. Yes, I am disagreeing. Okay. <laughs> you're, that's fine. Uh, DSTs, the Eagles, the Titans, the Panthers. We mentioned them earlier. Eagles, Titans, Panthers. I was going to put Kansas City on there, but I don't think so. Uh, any, anyone else that you're interested in? No. I don't think so. Yeah. And then kickers, Joey Sly, Robbie Gold, and Josh Lambeau. Thanks, guys. Good show. You forgot uh, my favorite kicker. Uh, who? What's his name? Um, Joe, gotta go. Flacco, bye. <laughs> 10% owned. <laughs> bye, headset. Bye, Jamie. See you, Dave. Later, Adam. Nah. 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 Wow. Everybody get mad at Dave. No, 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 no. no. The best part about this is that you're doing this, but you're you're also putting your hand together like the chef's kiss hand. Like you've got your. That's not why I'm doing that. That's not why I'm doing that. I I don't know what it was about you doing that, but you were like getting ready to like, like you're so focused in on doing the na, 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 na. No. That you've got your pointer finger and your thumb together. I'm holding my headphones cord because it is causing some interference and a buzzing sound so I'm holding it up that's why I do that na 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 na
Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. 